Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walk Your Dead Now. Want to welcome everyone with us tonight on this Sunday night, what I like to call Walking Dead Sundays. I hope everyone is doing well. Saz is going to be moderating the chats. I'll be talking to you guys live on the air. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit our website at deadtalklive.com. And if you haven't already done so, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now. Please go ahead and subscribe. If you're on YouTube right now, please go ahead and hit the old, the good old thumbs up button. So how's everyone doing tonight? I want to welcome everybody with us who's joining us tonight. I hope you could stay for the next hour as we talk all things The Walking Dead. Let's see, Hard Productions is joining us. Diana is also with us on YouTube. Late Mike, Singer Chick, who, by the way, Singer Chick is the newest member of our team. She is joining our writer team. I want to congratulate Singer Chick for joining, for officially joining the Dead Talk Live slash Walking Dead Now team. Welcome on board. We are very lucky to have you with us. Kimmy is with us on YouTube. Kimmy, I got your kick-ass picture that you sent me. Uh, Kimberly Smith sent me an awesome Easter egg picture earlier today. Of um, It's sort of like an Easter egg teaser of a promo shot uh, from the uh, trailer that we have of the finale of The Walking Dead, where Magna is amongst the group. And if you look really closely at the picture, someone is holding a knife to Magna's throat. Uh, so thank you, Kimmy, for sharing that with me. I did not have enough time to load it up so I can show you guys tonight. It's been a crazy busy day. Uh, we'll try to get it loaded up so you guys can see it tomorrow. But I just want you to know, Kimmy, you know, I got the pick. Thank you so much for sending it. Let's see, we have Jennifer joining us on YouTube as well. Carl is with us on Facebook, as is Lindsay. And uh, let's see, Mario, Chichi. Let's see, scrolling down the list. Jew is also with us. Jew Baka, welcome. Uh, Tariq is also joining us on YouTube as well. So let's see, on the Instagram side, we have a lot of people. Basie, Garcia. Samperson, CC Weezy is with us. Uh, let's see, Armando is giving us a thumbs up. Uh, Oran is also waving at us. Ty Bailey is joining us, 50 Shades. Welcome all you guys. Hope everyone is doing well. And uh, we are going to be starting off tonight with Walking Dead characters who have turned into zombies. These are the ones who cannot be put down by their friends and loved ones before they actually turned. So it's a cool list. We're going to go through it here in a second. Want to welcome Elena with us on YouTube as well. Welcome Elena. So let's go ahead and bring up this uh, list of characters on The Walking Dead who have turned into zombies. Okay, so let's get started. Of course, Shane. Okay, how can we forget Shane? One of the first ones, uh, not really the first one, but one of the really big major ones to actually turn. Uh, as we all know the story, he was killed by Rick, and uh, he turned soon afterwards, and it was Carl that had to put him down. Next on the list, now this is kind of one that people, wait a minute, Herschel never turned, he did. Uh, when the governor decapitated him, uh, his head, which was the only thing left of him that, uh, you know, everything else was severed, his head did turn into a walker. And I forget who's the one, or even if we see who puts down Herschel after he's turned into a walker. Uh, I don't remember that. Uh, let's see. He was decapitated by the governor with Michelle's sword right in front of his daughters, Maggie and Beth. Later on, after the battle had ended, Michonne, that's who it was. 
Michonne discovered Herschel's zombified head and mercifully put it down. Ah, good old Michonne. There you go. Thank you guys uh, for answering that. Juniel on uh, YouTube as well as Hard Productions. I totally forgot that it was Michonne that found the head and put him down. Uh, Merle Dixon, by played by Michael Rooker, uh, shot in the gut by that evil, vicious governor, left purposely to be found by his brother, Daryl. And Daryl completely broke down, and he, when he was putting him down, not only was he putting down Walker Merle, but he was also taking out a lifetime's worth of frustrations uh, out on him as well. So that's a very famous scene. Sasha, who took her own life so she could not be used as bait to be traded with uh, against the communities from Negan. The circumstances of Sasha's death and rebirth are a rarity for The Walking Dead. As in this case, she made the choice to be reanimated after being captured by Negan after she made an attempt on his life. Sasha sees no way out and takes a suicide pill given to her by Eugene. This leads to her newly zombified, self-surprising Negan and costing him an important battle against Rick's forces. Yeah, uh, if it wasn't for Sasha being the ultimate hero and sacrificing herself, uh, who knows how that would have turned out. It would not have turned out very well. And then, of course, we have next on the list is Tara, one of the victims of Alpha's Kingdom Fair Slaughter. In contrast to Sasha, Tara becoming a zombie was very much out of her control Tara was one of multiple members of Rick's group that got slaughtered by Alpha and the Whisperers during that fateful fair. Tara's reanimated head was left on a pike. Spencer, you know, I wasn't upset to see Spencer go. Spencer was kind of bullheaded, and he thought he was Mr. Smooth. He was going to negotiate a deal between Alexandria and the Saviors. He sort of felt as he was the rightful leader, being Deanna's son, to take over Alexandria once she passed away. But Negan wasn't having any of that. Uh, Spencer Monroe was the overly entitled son of Alexandria. I like that. Overly entitled son of Alexandria founder Deanna Monroe and sealed his own doom by trying to unsurp Rick and with Negan's help. Negan wasn't a fan of what he was considered a gutless rubderfuge and made Spencer himself gutless, gutting him with a knife and exasperated Rick later to care of Spencer's zombie form, clearly wishing the idiot hasn't done something so stupid. And it wasn't the first stupid thing Spencer did. If you remember, he tried to, I guess, uh, rope himself over the walls while Alexandria was surrounded by walkers and nearly got himself killed and all the people who rushed in to help him as well. So, yeah, Spencer was not the brightest bulb in the Christmas tree. Next on the list, of course, we have Deanna. I like Deanna. I hope you guys like Deanna. Deanna was uh, smart. She could see two or three steps ahead of her, which is why she brought in Rick and the gang, because she knew Alexandria would need them. And, uh, you know, as in the case with a lot of characters in The Walking Dead, she did not deserve what she ended up getting. But that's what you get in The Walking Dead. No happy endings. In Spencer's defense, he was never the same after the death of his mother, who was bitten when a horde of zombies shambled into Alexandria. She decided to go down fighting instead of killing herself, but ended up reanimating as a side effect. Spencer himself found her in the woods later on 
and put his now flesh-craving mom out of her misery. Simon, Psycho Simon. We all know what happened to Psycho Simon. He thought he could do better than Negan. Negan gave him a fighting chance. Simon lost. And of course, Negan put him up as a decoration to guard the gate. It was always clear that the Savior Lieutenant Simon saw himself as being worth more than what Negan had him doing, but he worked for a man long enough to know that trying to mount a mutiny wouldn't be a good idea. Sure enough, Negan destroys Simon in one-on-one combat and as a final indignity allows him to reanimate and be placed on the sanctuary fence. He really should have thought that one through. Enid. Ah, Enid. Poor Caitlin. Uh, She was also a victim of Alpha's massacre at the fair. While seemingly placed as a love interest for Carl early on, Enid ended up outlasting him on The Walking Dead, at least until the fair claimed so many lives, Enid being amongst them. It's a shame, too, as she's matured into a vital member of the community, working as a doctor for the hilltop, like Tara, her reanimated head ended up on a pike. Next on the list is Sadiq. Oh, God, Sadiq. We can, we've, what, what more can we say about Sadiq? You know, Sadiq, losing Sadiq was a gut punch. It was a gut punch because we traded in Carl for Sadiq. One of the fan favorites Walking Dead characters to die so far, Sadiq met his own maker in one of the worst ways. First, he spent multiple episodes suffering from PTSD after watching Alpha execute his friends, and then he's killed by a whisperer spy uh, he had come to trust, Dante. And then he reanimates and targets his own child and ex-lover, Rosita. Thankfully, she stops him for good. Samantha Morton, Alpha. All right. This is uh, Carol getting her revenge. After taking many lives and emotionally destroying her own daughter, Alpha finally got what was coming to her when former arch-villain Negan turned on her, slitting her throat, then cutting off her head. After presenting it to Carol, the head is then placed on a pike, just like Alpha had done to so many of Rick's group, including Carol's adopted son, Henry. Alpha's zombie head is later silenced by a remorseful beta, who sets out to avenge her death. Remorseful? I don't know about that. Uh, pissed off, Beta? Out for blood, Beta? But remorseful? What was he remorseful about? He didn't get her killed. He may have felt bad that he wasn't there to protect her and that she was left alone with Negan, who he never trusted to begin with. Uh... But I, other than that, I really don't see the remorseful reference at all. Uh, let's see. CC Weezy on Instagram writes, How Deanna didn't get devoured in that house when it got overrun, but she was able to die and then turn? That's a good point. Uh, she must have did something. Obviously, she got bit, but she did manage escape being, like you said, devoured. Uh so let's see on facebook well, let me scroll up a little bit uh khaleesi on youtube writes she was cool khaleesi i like that nice game of thrones reference uh diana diana writes agreeable on youtube tiffany says i like diana too rowena on uh, facebook no rick is not coming back <laughs> Uh, Sylvia, The Walking Dead rocks. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aching is watching from Nairobi. Wow, I think you may be our first viewer to come forth from Nairobi. Welcome. 
Bree is with us on Facebook. Sylvia Kennedy is from Concord, North Carolina, one state south of me. Welcome, Sylvia. Rowena is also with us on Facebook. Tiffany on Twitter writes, Sadiq, Sadiq, Sadiq. Yeah, hurt my feelings when he died. It was like a gut punch for me when we lost Sadika. When we lost Sadika. When we lost Sadiq. Sylvia says, I love all the Walking Dead characters. My favorite is Rick. And Daryl uh, manages to escape. Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, Good list. That was a good list of uh, reanimated uh, characters on The Walking Dead. Lindsay says, I love your t-shirt. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Now, let's go on to some more news and announcements. Uh, Let's see. Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, the masked figures uh, who remind me of the Purge for some reason, uh, start to come into focus. One of the mysteries revealed in the Fear the Walking Dead Season 6 trailer is the appearance of masked Figures. A closer look reveals that the masked figures may not be people we have met thus far, which leaves even more questions than answers ahead of the October 11th premiere. In a recently released photo from Season 6, a masked figure is holding Al at gunpoint and she doesn't show any indication that she knows who the captor is. You can't really discern that from a picture, but anyways. The masks are white, featureless, save for the holes for the eyes and the nose, and they can be seen riding besides the SWAT van. We know that Virginia and her people were the de facto villains in Season 5, and that it is likely to carry over into Season 6, But does that mean these masked people are another set of enemies? Or is it one of those situations where the enemy of my enemy is my friend? With the world expanding in Season 6 of Fear the Walking Dead, it makes sense to have multiple factions that may not like each other. Virginia has shown herself to be someone who marches to the beat of her own drum, and a person's survival in her community is based upon his worth. If you cease to be useful to the community, then you're dead weight, and therefore expendable. It's possible that her system has led to friction among people deemed expendable, or their loved ones, and they devised their own Robin Hood style of justice. The question then is where our survivors will land in the middle of all this and whether they will have to fight the masked villains or join them. I mean, that's a that's an interesting scenario that we're going to have going on on Fear this season. We have obviously Virginia and the Pioneers and we have this new group, the masked people. We still don't know who they are. The good, bad, is there really a good and bad anymore? No, it's all a point of view. It's subjective at the very least. The bottom line is, are they going to be friends of the survivors that we know on fear? Or are they just going to be another enemy that they have to deal with? I think they're going to be in between to start off with. But eventually, I see the survivors, Morgan, Alicia, Al, John, June, and so on, uh, banding with them. Now, how that's going to be done, we've been told that this upcoming season six of Fear the Walking Dead, it's going to be done in an anthology style, which more or less means the characters are going to be divided and every episode is going to be a story in of itself as opposed to the broader thing where an episode leads to the next episode which ultimately leads to this big conclusion so that's what they've told us about this upcoming season on fear the walking dead we just have to wait and see and find out exactly what's going to happen Let's see what's going on on YouTube. 
Singer Chick writes, I'm wondering if the new mass people on Fear of the Walking Dead are the CRM. That's an interesting point. They're described as plain white masks with eyes and mouth openings, but no other markings. That's a They could be a faction of the CRM that went AWOL, whatever. Uh, Jennifer says, I've never seen Fear of the Walking Dead. I might have to start watching. I would definitely recommend just don't use the Walking Dead as a measuring stick. Please watch Fear of the Walking Dead and base it on its own merits. Um, so, Diana writes, same, sorry, I was about to say Shane. Janie Joe is with us on Instagram, giving us a lot of love. Welcome, Janie Joe. Debbie is also with us. JDC is waving at us. M4 is giving us a thumbs up. Uh, Lucy is giving us a smiley love face. Welcome to everybody. Nikki Decca is also with us on Instagram as well. Welcome everybody on Instagram. Uh, DHG Reviews is joining us on YouTube. Welcome, DHG. It's good to have you with us tonight. So let's move on to the next bit of news that we have. Again, this is about Fear the Walking Dead. The upcoming thing, the upcoming season. Nine things we do and don't want to see in this upcoming fear season. What we do want to see, a return to a darker tone. And I got to say this in regards to Fear the Walking Dead. I loved the beginning season's very short but poignant intro with the scary music and the shaking text, Fear the Walking Dead. Now, my biggest complaint is the new opening. And uh, I don't like the music. And I like how each opening is sort of like related to what that episode is going to be about. It's still very short, but I really like the original opening. It was short, it was creepy, it was scary, it was perfect. I don't like the new opening. If you guys agree with me, let me know. If you like the new opening, let me know. But I want the old opening back. It's not as prolonged as The Walking Dead, where you have a one-minute song and a sequence of events. Um, the original opening to Fear wasn't like that. And this new opening over the last couple of seasons is not like that as well. I wish they would bring back the old opening. I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was creepy. It was good. It was scary. Um, Khaleesi writes, I don't like it either. Uh, Hard Productions writes, I 100% agree, Viz. The old one was the best, hands down. I loved it. I loved it. And then when I saw the new one, I'm like, oh, man. Ugh. Uh, CC Weezy on Instagram writes, like the original, you're right, Viz. Janie, Janie Joe also agrees. So we should get a petition going to bring back the original opening screen for Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, should have brought that up with Michael when we had him on two weeks ago. All right. Uh, so do's and don'ts on what we want to see on this upcoming season. The Jew returned to a darker tone. When Morgan made his move from Virginia to Texas, he brought his famous stick, a pack full of knickknacks, and a total tone overall overhaul for the series. Fear was no longer an examination of how far a person would go to protect loved ones at the end of the world. It was about saving everyone, and Momo said it, doing it right. Fear of the Walking Dead turned into something of a Disney show with weekly morals, gatherings around campfires. And uh, hold on one second here, guys. Uh, there we go. Okay, I apologize for that. Uh, that's why they're ho we're hoping these promos for the sixth season aren't a mere misdirection. I don't think so. Uh, it's been mentioned many times over that this upcoming season is really going to be darker. Uh, 
Next do that we do want to see. Quality time between Alicia and Strand. Okay. And we don't just mean him helping her paint trees, as he did in a nonsensical plot point last season. Alicia and Strand are two of the three remaining characters from the Madison era. Uh, Luciana is number three, and they have plenty of shared traumatic experiences based on losing everyone in their pre-Morgan group. Their bond, built on time spent surviving together and caring about the same people, should be highlighted now that they're stuck together under Ginny's watchful eye. Okay, next do. Clear Morgan. When it was first announced that Morgan was crossing over to Fear, some fans thought the show would be getting Clear Morgan. As you remember, the ruthless guy who murdered just about anything that moved, walker or human. That reiteration of Momo was terrifying in the best possible way. And if he's really done with the helping and saving, that part of him that sees red might resurface. We really hope so. This show could do with a dose of murdery Morgan right now. And I've mentioned this several times in the past, how Morgan is either a ruthless killer or complete opposite side of the spectrum. He's a pacifist. He's never in between. He's either a ruthless killer or a pacifist. So, I don't know. Loretta says, nice shirt. Thank you, Loretta, on Facebook. Angela's with us. Raquel, Jean. Tiffany on Twitter writes, oh, trailer shows Morgan walking among the walkers uh, without coating himself with their guts. I'm curious how. Have you seen how he looks? Uh, it looks like he's been out and alone and wandering for a while. Uh, Singer on YouTube writes, I sure hope you're right. Uh, talking to DHG who says, I think maybe on episode 8-9 they will meet up again and team up to fight Ginny. Khaleesi writes, all life is precious. That's Morgan's famous line when he is sane. Singer also goes on to say, I sure hope you're right, DHG. I said last season, Midway, if the writing didn't improve, I was afraid they wouldn't be renewed. Lo and behold, second half was better. Praying this season gets even better. Uh, Tiffany writes, not a Disney show, absolutely. Lindsay Sparks writes, love Morgan, such a great character. He is great. Lenny James, who portrays Morgan does an awesome job at playing Morgan. Okay, so the next do is uh, a meteor story uh, for Dwight. Uh, crossing former bad guy who was never all that bad, Dwight, all played by Austin Emilio, over to the spinoff wasn't an inherently bad move. The main show's cast is crammed and shifting his story to a different show gave him a better chance to shine, except that's not what Season 5 accomplished for him. He got a few good episodes uh, about searching for his wife, but in the latter half of the season, he didn't get much to do. So, next do. More on those ties to the CRM. So they want Fear to explore the CRM, which to date has been the only Walking Dead show who did an entire episode based on the CRM. Uh, why did Morgan cross over if the goal wasn't to overlap the Walking Dead universe? Despite the fact that dedicated post-apocalyptic journalist Althea, played by Maggie Grace, had a whole bottle episode with the CRM soldier in season five. We still don't know how much that much about the shadowy organization that spirited a Rick uh, away via a helicopter. It seems World Beyond might give us more info on that front, but since fear's already been set up with ties to that group. 
It doesn't make sense to not follow them through. Maybe that would give Al something to do besides asking people for their stories. And that brings up an interesting point. World Beyond is going to show us the Omaha, Nebraska faction of the CRM. Uh, the character that Al ran into this last season was part of the Oklahoma uh, branch of the CRM. Now, the third branch, because there's three of them, it has been rumored that they are somewhere in New York. That is the one that took Rick away. Uh, so it's funny, three different shows that has given us a look into the three different um, factions of the CRM, the three rings. The three rings represent the three different locations on where they are based inside the United States. Omaha, Nebraska, the second one is somewhere in Oklahoma, and the third one, it has been rumored to be somewhere in New York. So, let's see. Uh, Alice on Facebook writes, Love The Walking Dead and love Fear The Walking Dead. Cannot wait to see World Beyond. Gene on Facebook writes, When will they be releasing the next season of The Walking Dead? We are still not done with season 10 of The Walking Dead. That is being released on October 4th. Marinos, Calimera, welcome. He is with us on Instagram. Walani is waving at us. Anan is also waving at us on Instagram as well. Uh, let me flip over to the YouTube. Uh, Summer is with us. Welcome, Summer. Uh, Singer writes, there hasn't been a character death, uh, and I can't remember when, DHG. Uh, the Walking Dead Season 11 next spring. No. Too soon. Well, season 11 at the earliest is not going to come till October of 21 at the earliest. Now, remember, guys, we are getting six extra episodes of The Walking Dead that are neither season 10 nor season 11. We don't know if these in, uh, episodes are going to be individual backstories, six different individual backstories focusing on six different characters of The Walking Dead, or if they're going to put all six to give us one really big backstory on a single character of The Walking Dead, or they could completely surprise us and it could be something completely we haven't thought of yet in regards to uh, the six episodes that we're getting in early 2021 that they are supposed to start shooting in October. And to give you guys an example of how Hollywood is really trying to get back into the groove of shooting, let me give you an example of what happened just this last week. Now, I don't, I don't know how many of you know, but there is uh, the movie, The Batman, that was being filmed when everything was shut, shut down uh, in March. It's being filmed in London, and uh, this was the role that Ben Affleck was supposed to take on but had to drop out, and Robert Pattinson, uh, if, you guys, if you guys know Twilight, that's Edward, is going to play the Batman. Now, as I've learned my lesson with Heath Ledger uh, playing the Joker, the best Joker the Batman, Batman series has ever had, and how he was prejudged before he made his appearance on the screen. I'm just reserving all judgment. But from the little teasers that we've seen of Robert Pattinson, Team Edward, uh, playing the Batman, it's, it's a pretty dark film. Anyway, my point is, uh, they had to shut down shooting in London in March because of the pandemic. They resumed shooting just this last week. And after one day of shooting, they had to shut everything back down again because someone tested positive for COVID. So it's like Hollywood is trying 
to get back into the groove, okay? To start filming, trying to find a way to distribute the movies that are just backlogged right now, that are waiting release. I really don't see movie theaters opening completely anytime soon. But, you know, they're trying. They're trying to resume shooting, but they, wa they want to do it safely, obviously. Everyone's safety is the number one priority and concern. So they try to pick up reshooting again of the Batman. And after one day, they shut everything back down again because somebody, somebody tested positive, you know? Uh, CC Weezy writes, Christian Bale, be best Batman. Uh, to date, I agree. I loved Christian Bale. Uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, the three of them. I don't think there's anything that's going to top them ever. No matter how many times they keep redoing the Batman movies. I don't see any other movies than the ones that we got from Christopher Nolan, which is Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. I don't think anything is going to top those. They were absolutely freaking awesome. Stoned Walker says, I bet... Uh, we're gonna see like Negan's backstory or like something I heard of a joke about Haley Berry playing his wife. That would be interesting. Summer Springer is saying hello to everyone. Uh, Driftwick writes hello everyone. So anyway, I just wanted to make that announcement in regards to how The Walking Dead is planning on resuming shooting in October. But nothing is guaranteed. We will not be getting season 11 in the spring at the earliest. We are going to be getting season 11 of uh, The Walking Dead in October of 2021 at the earliest. Okay, the next, now we're going to do the don'ts that we don't want to see on fear. Don't. A zombie apocalypse without teeth. In seasons four and five, it seemed like there was nothing Momo and pals couldn't endure, no matter how deadly. Fear the Walking Dead hasn't killed off a single major character since Madison. That's in stark contrast to the main show, which typically offs several in a given season. As a result, the stakes have felt low. Sure, Alicia wound up with radiation poisoning, but in the end, she was fine. Sure, Mog Morgan was shot, but we already know that he lives. Don't. Facepalm-worthy writing. This goes along with the lack of character deaths, but deserves its own mention. Throughout the past two seasons, there have been plenty of instances where the writing is so upsettingly nonsensical it pulls the viewer out of the show. Remember when the group needed ethanol to cure its antifreeze poisoning, but no one thought to get the ethanol out of the slowly draining tanker? Remember when Fear the Walking Dead asked viewers to believe that the small children could disembowel walkers, tie them in an elaborate configurations? Remember when Alicia, a battle-hardened fighter, who had been putting down walkers since her days in Mexico, suddenly couldn't bring herself to kill a single one and instead spent her time painting on trees. I get their point. Uh, the next don't. Forced humor. To be clear, we're not saying we don't want Fear the Walking Dead to ever make us smile. The Walking Dead has had plenty of chuckle-worthy moments, as we discussed in the recent episodes. Many of them courtesy of bad guy turned okayish guy Negan. But there's a difference between organic humor that appears naturally and lines that feel crammed into a story that for all intents and purposes should have a less laughable tone. Alright, the last don't. Last don't that we don't want to see on this upcoming fear season is flimsy, annoying villains. Fear the Walking Dead has not had a good antagonist since Seasons 3 biker gang-esque proctors. The vultures were just silly. 
The lady who wanted to make everyone strong was incredibly weak. Logan had potential, but then that potential was squandered. It's possible that Ginny, this this season's foe, might be more meaningful, but we crave villains with depth who inspire fear like the Walking Dead Alpha and Gareth and Negan. Can't argue with that too much. Uh, cannot argue with that. Uh, Walani on Instagram writes, I want to see the story of Negan and his, and his uh, life before... Uh, let's see, Gypsy Road. Uh, Gypsy is with us on Instagram today. Wishing everyone a, have a safe Labor Day tomorrow. Tomorrow is Labor Day here in the United States. We do want to wish everyone a happy holiday. And I hope you guys enjoy. For those of you that are not working tomorrow, enjoy your extended holiday weekend. So, let's go ahead and start on today's topic, guys. And we are going to be running down the 10 most emotional scenes on The Walking Dead. Now, we'd like to tell you in advance that these are not necessarily the saddest scenes. These are emotional scenes, so it can be happier moments. Uh, Please feel free to chime in with your opinion. Now, these scenes were carefully picked out as objectively as possible... And there were just so many to choose from that we probably could have done it a top 25 list. But we're going to keep it simple and just down to 10. Okay? So, number 10 on the list is Glenn and Maggie's reunion in that tunnel. In Season 4, Episode 15, titled Us, if you all remember, Glenn and Tara were trapped in the tunnel with all those walkers and Tara's ankle was stuck. We suddenly see the walkers getting shot and killed, and wasn't long when it's revealed Abraham and his group had run into Maggie, Sasha, and Bob. And these two groups of people had come together on the other side of the tunnel. Anyway, when Maggie and Glenn lay eyes on one another, it was just a beautiful moment. There were tears, but there were tears of joy and immense relief knowing that they were both still alive. They had been separated for quite a while, and again, this is after the prison fell when everyone is sort of on their way to Terminus. So you could imagine how emotional it must have been for them to see each other safe and well. Number nine. Rick breaking down after he had just killed his best friend, best friend Shane. One of the most memorable moments. This is in the second to last episode of season two titled Better Angels. Rick has killed a lot of people throughout the show, but this was by far the hardest for obvious reasons. And Shane was also the first person he has killed, no, actually, sorry, uh, Dave is the first person, living person, in the mid-season of season two, the premiere, that he was the first human that he killed in the bar. So Shane was his second uh, human kill. Uh, Dave in the bar in season two was his first human kill, and actually the guy behind him that was with Dave is his second So that would put Shane at number three. Shane is Rick Grimes' third human kill. Uh, In this scene, Rick completely falls apart by what he had to do and angrily yells at Shane. Quote by Rick, damn you for making me do this, Shane. This was you, not me. You did this to us. Uh, You can hear the anguish behind Rick's word. He really did not want to kill Shane, and he is devastated and angry that his best friend has brought this on himself. Number eight, Daryl's heartfelt apology to Maggie about Glenn's death. Okay, so this takes place in season nine, episode 14, called The Other Side. 
during a raid at Hilltop by the Saviors led by Simon, which is when Dr. Harlan Carson is taken away, Maggie and Daryl are hiding in the cellar. After the Saviors leave, Maggie prompts Daryl to tell her why he's been avoiding her since he's arrived at Hilltop, which is after his escape from the sanctuary uh, and his pit stop at the kingdom. Apparently, Daryl has not said a word to Maggie or even looked at her. In an emotional admission, Daryl finally turns around, looks at Maggie, and says, I'm sorry. This is labeled in our top 10 because you can see Daryl struggling to get the words out and maintain his composure. Uh, he felt guilty for Glenn's death. Uh, if he didn't take that swing at Negan, more than likely Negan would not have to make a lesson out of someone else and Glenn would have survived. It, nobody here really blames Daryl for that. In fact, you can hear his voice crack, and if you listen carefully, he is actually crying. Maggie knows this about Glenn, and she firmly tells him that it isn't his fault. Uh, here's a beautiful quote by Maggie. You're one of the good things in this world. That's what Glenn thought, and he would know because he was one of the good guys too. Both actors did a fantastic job on portraying these raw emotions in regards to Norman Reedus and Lauren Cohen. All right, number seven on the list. I'm just keeping an eye on the time. After Carol and Daryl reunite when he visits her cabin, in that moment she asks if everyone is okay because she does not know what has happened to Abraham or Glenn yet. This scene takes place in season seven, episode 10, Upon finding out that the Saviors came to Alexandria, Carol asks Daryl if everyone is okay. Now, if you remember, Carol struggles to ask this question. She had paused mid-sentence to compose herself and start again. You could see that she is on the brink of tears because she is afraid of what Daryl might say. Daryl is silent for a few moments. He hated lying to her. But he felt it was for the best, and I believe it was at that moment. So he tells her that everyone's all right. He lied to her to spare her feelings uh, because I don't. he knew that she was in such a raw emotional state at the moment. She probably could not handle news like that, news of losing Abraham and Glenn. It was difficult to see Carol's emotions surfacing as she tried to hold him back. Uh, she did not want Daryl to see her like that. Number six on the list, the aftermath of Glenn and Abraham's death in the season seven premiere. Maggie had just watched her husband get his head bashed in and she was already in a bad state with pregnancy complications. Rosita and Sasha had watched Abraham also getting his head bashed in. There were just a lot of emotions going on in this scene from every character who was lined up on the ground. From grief, anger, Rick's feelings of helplessness and concern over the fate of Daryl who was taken away by, by the saviors and Negan. Then there is the concern over Maggie and her baby. And if you guys remember, as they were holding her before... They ran into the saviors in the woods. Maggie was in dire straits. But after that night, after what happened with Glenn and Abraham, she miraculously at least got well enough to where she could walk on her own and, you know, wanted to take uh, Glenn's body by herself and bury him. So she made like this miraculous recovery, not full recovery, but she was doing a lot physically better uh, when the morning came than she did the night before, which always struck me as kind of odd. Anyway, number five on the list, Carl having to kill his own mother after Maggie had delivered Judith. So season three, episode four, titled The Killer Within, 
Firstly, I mean, I mean, yeah, if you didn't feel some kind of emotions when you watched this scene, it was just so compelling of what happened. Uh, Carl having to say goodbye to his mother and giving her a hug one last time was gut-wrenching. Remember that their relationship had been strained and now they won't get a chance to make up for that. And Carl had to watch his mother uh, get cut open by Maggie and then put down before she died and could turn. Now, Carl could have let Maggie put down his mom, but he wanted to be the one to do it. He wanted to be the one to release her from her suffering. We all felt bad for him, and that had a profound effect on him for the rest of uh, his character arc on the show. All right, number four on the list. How can you do a top ten of emotional scenes without uh, talking about Lizzie? Look at the flowers, Lizzie. Uh, season four, episode 14. Um, on the one hand, Lizzie has her back turned and is in tears as she asks Carol if she is angry with what she has done and she starts to apologize and not really comprehending what she had really done and what is about to happen. On the other hand, Carol is faced with making a decision that is going to haunt her uh, as she tells Lizzie to look at the flowers and then pulls the trigger. Just emotional. I mean, there's no other word that can describe that scene. Emotional, beyond words. All right, number three on the list. Daryl putting down his uh, reanimated brother, Merle. Uh, this is season three, episode 15. We don't see Daryl break down often. And so when he does, it's very powerful to watch. I think you all remember the scene well enough to recall the emotions that tore through Daryl. There was anger, frustration, grief sadness, all of these emotions that made the scene such a memorable one. This was a very big emotional moment for Daryl, and uh, he had to go through it alone. Nobody else uh, would shed a tear for Merle. The Dixon brothers really loved each other, and they had no other blood le relatives left. I don't remember if they ever went back to bury Merle, uh, body and put him to rest knowing Daryl the way we know Daryl I don't think he would have just left his brother out there to rot so even though we don't get to see it on the camera I truly believe that Daryl did bury his brother um, number two on the list the group's reaction when they see Sophia coming out of the barn as a walker in the season two mid-season finale which is one of my top episodes of the walking dead you've got carol being held back by daryl as she breaks down and crumbles to the ground then there is carl being held in laurie's arms as he is crying they too sink to the ground in shock you can see the disbelief on herschel's face and even shane uh, he didn't want to be the one that, the one to put Sophia down, even though it was Shane's outburst that caused the whole thing. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't called for. Uh, you know, he didn't do it in the most of... He did it in a typical Shane way. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Now, remember, it was Shane that busted open those doors. I don't think Shane regretted what he did. But I think he felt bad that Carol and Carl had to see Sophia as a walker. Finally, it was up to Rick to put down Sophia. And he did it with a very heavy heart. And again, it's just one of those moments that Shane could not do. That Rick stepped up and did. Which is why Rick was the better leader between those two. Rick and Shane. Uh, it it would have been difficult for Rick because he is a dad, 
uh, Sophia and Carl were around the same age. Uh, could Rick pull the trigger if it would have been Carl who walked out of that barn as a walker? We don't know. Now, least but not last, here is our final scene, okay? Uh, Carl. Carl saying goodbye to Rick and Michonne before he takes his own life. Uh, after he was bitten. We found out that Carl was bitten in the mid-season finale of season 8. And in the mid-season premiere, in the beginning, is where uh, they all say goodbye to each other. Rick, Michonne, and Carl say goodbye. Rick and Michonne, you know, cannot bear to watch what's about to happen. Or Carl tells them to leave. Either way, they, you know, it, it was for the best. They, uh, Rick and Michonne were waiting outside the church, which was like burned uh, because the uh, saviors, you know, blew the place up to bits the night before. The musical score that was playing in the background set the mood. And the fact that we have known Carl for almost eight full seasons watching him grow up to be a remarkable teenager. These factors made the, this scene the most emotional driven moments on the series to date. We also saw through flashback, flashbacks Carl's final days and how he had to spend them with Judith and writing the letters to certain people in the group as well as to Negan. Those crucial letters that led to Rick sparing Negan and not killing him. The writers really amplified Carl's last scene with his father and Michonne by setting, you know, that setup that led to that ultimate moment where they heard the firing of Carl's gun, which was muffled because Carl, since he got his gun, uh, his first gun, he had a silencer on it. So it's not a very distinct, loud gunshot that you hear when Carl does end up taking his own life. It's the muffled sound coming from a silencer. So that's our top 10, guys. It's not... It was just our opinion on just some of the 10 because there were so many emotional scenes on The Walking Dead. Uh, we took some of the most memorable 10 and put them together. Uh, let me just see what you guys are saying. Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, Yep, I agree. Uh, also says, I cried when I watched that episode. Very sweet moment. Tiffany on Twitter writes, Right? Um, Tiffany also writes, The whole group was shook. Cam on Twitter writes, My favorite scene was when Glenn died. Womo on Twitter that scene is so emotional. Uh, Lindsay Sparks uh, writes on Facebook, Carl's death was very emotional. Tiffany on Twitter also writes, one of the most emotional moments is Sasha while she listens to uh, Donnie Hathaway someday will be free. Yep. Uh, let's see, on YouTube, uh, a whole bunch of chats. Uh, Kat writes, I cried through that entire episode. Iron Fist on uh, YouTube writes, Merle Dixon was the best character in the show. He was a very interesting character, to say the least. Uh, Singer writes, uh, him making the handprints with Judith. Oh, my God. Diana Shiki writes, that was a sweet moment. Uh, Khaleesi on YouTube also agrees with Summer. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. And got to listen to our top 10 list of some of the emotional scenes on The Walking Dead. We are out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night, same time. Please visit our website at deadtalklive.com. Guys, we are looking for people to join our team. So go to our website and check out the Join Our Team section. I have a list of spots that we're trying to fill. So if you want to be a part of uh, the Dead Talk Live slash Walking Dead Now social media team and this show's team, 
please go on ahead and visit our website, deadtalklive.com. Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, which is located at, uh, which is called Walking Dead Now. Uh, Thank you so much for being with me. I'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, guys, remember to always stay walking.